superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. I love you guys. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Bellinger with the biggest hit of his career. This is the Rich Eisen Show. It's Doug Emhoff, the first ever second gentleman of the United States. How nervous are you for game five? This is the one thing where the vice president, my wife, Kamala Harris, is very serious about her San Francisco Giants. Check swing and it's ruled a swing. Earlier on the show, MLB on TBS broadcaster Ron Darling. Coming up, ESPN host and commentator Bo. Monty Jones, plus Titans running back Derrick Henry. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We say hello to our Peacock audience. If you're just tuning in right now, you miss Ron Darling. And Ron called the big game five on TBS last night between the Giants and the Dodgers. It was just a fascinating chat uh, with uh, with the former Met who calls Mets games, and he's really terrific at it, and the guy knows baseball inside and out. And we talked about the the, the blown call, but also the, the managerial or the general managerial maneuvers to start an opener and a reliever and then wind up closing with a Hall of Fame starter. And all of that's sitting on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, and it's also going to be on our Twitter handle if it already already isn't. Uh, at Rich Eisen Show, uh, the talented and thought-provoking Bomani Jones will be joining us in about 20 minutes' time. Um, he struck a deal to, I believe, stay at ESPN. Will also have his own show on HBO, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so he's sticking around ESPN. He's going to do his him, podcast man. there, and he's going to have an HBO. And his show. podcast yeah. guest this week was Demora Smith, uh, the uh, major domo of the National Football League Players Association, whose name was uh, on the keyboard of uh, John Gruden. That started off the whole to-do that now has John Gruden to doing something that other than coaching the Las Vegas Raiders. And Bomani will be on the show in about 18 minutes' time. We say hello to Brockman. Good to see you over there. Up, and we've got uh, Jason Feller sitting in for Mike Del Tufo and TJ Jefferson. Yes, sir. Yeah, just a real quick question because you yes. said you said major domo, and that's something you used to say a lot. Like when I first started. Yes. And the funny thing is, um, Aaron Rodgers, the first day that he hosted Jeopardy, mm-hmm. one of the questions was a major domo, and I realized that you had said it a lot, but I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what that is, and I completely forgot about it until just now. What Somebody who's in charge. Okay, the major. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, it's an answer, not a question. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. And and in terms of you asking what that is, my answer in the form of a question is, what is Google? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hosting a show why, here. Why, I didn't think about it until just now. <laughs> You've got a computer connected to the internet in front of you. Well, you <laughs> say it all the time, so I, you know, I'm sure people at home are like, what does that mean? What is Google? <laughs> type it in. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up now, man. 
844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Nick Chubb is out. No laughing matter for the Cleveland Browns. Nick, out, Nick yeah. Nick Chubb is out. He's dealing with a calf thing this week. So, um, he's out for the Browns. Chandler Jones is out for the Cardinals. He has COVID-19. He's or at least he's on the COVID-19 on the COVID list. list. Yeah. He is vaccinated, so he there's a chance he could play. So, he gets a couple of uh, negative yeah. tests in and he goes. A couple negatives, no symptoms. He could be out there, but it doesn't look likely at this point. Yeah, because the Cardinals are one of the 100% vaccinated clubs in the National Football League. Indeed. Okay, so we'll see if Chandler Jones can get back out there. No Nick Chubb for the Browns. Okay. But speaking of the Cardinals, Rich, we had a big trade this morning. Trade. That's right. Yes, what do we got? So Zach Ertz, uh, Eagles tight end, played in the game last night. Scored a touchdown. Scored a touchdown. Had a nice night. Uh, But however, a subject of trade rumors for months and months and months. He's finally out, being traded to Arizona for a couple draft picks. For a 2022 fifth-round draft pick and cornerback, Tay Gowen. Now, in case you're wondering, he cannot play on Sundays. So yeah, so because yeah, you can't play two games can't play in a two week. Games in a week. It's not like baseball where yeah, you yeah. play for one team, you're traded. Next night, you're actually in the lineup, or li- later that day in a doubleheader. Double yeah, yeah, right. That <laughs> doesn't happen. Zachert's not going to play this week, but is now a member of the Arizona Cardinals. Dude, I just love what Steve Kahn's doing. Okay, we got our kid, right, and Kyler Murray. And we're drafted. We drafted Buda Baker, and we drafted Isaiah Simmons, and we we acquired Chandler Jones years ago, and and we got DeAndre Hopkins. I made that trade. Got AJ Green. We we well, hold on a second. Oh. We drafted Christian Kirk. Yep. Correct. And we're you know we 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 got Chase Edmonds now. We're gonna elevate him and let Kenyon Drake go. Mm-hmm. Right. James Conner is a guy that is now free. Let's go grab him. Bring him in. And then we'll add AJ Green. Right, because the situation allows for us to get these pieces of beachfront property real estate in the NFL for cents on the dollar, based on whatever their injury status was, or the fact that they're now free, or their age is something that you know these guys were used to be great Pro Bowlers, and we're wondering if they are anymore. But let's put them in in a role that's secondary. It's not all on them to be what they used to be. James Conner back up to Chase Edmonds. Number two guy, A.J. Green to DeAndre Hopkins. Chandler Jones is the guy with 100 career sacks. Let's just get the guy who's a three-time defensive player of the year and throw him in that mix. And J.J. Watt, you don't have to be the guy. Just be the best version of yourself and go. That's what the Cardinals are doing, and now they've done it with Zach Ertz. Now they've done it with a guy who scored a game-winning touchdown in a Super Bowl. Max Williams gets hurt, and they've been targeting him quite a bit. Let's go get Ertz for a fifth-round pick in a corner. That's not somebody that's so crucial to our game right now because of the way that we've fashioned it, and we're the last remaining undefeated team. This is just working out. I love how they're building it there in Arizona. And then on the flip side for this, Philadelphia. When you see a Super Bowl team win or you see a team that goes into a Super Bowl and you hear the phrase of look around this locker room look around your guys because we're not going to be here again you're like what are you talking about we're not going to be here again we we're this could be a dynasty we could we could do this every single year we should believe in that no it is so important to win in the window in which you have in the NFL because things change so fast 
and you, the brotherhood of men that you have on a winning team at that moment, it's like your wedding. You need to stand in the corner and soak it in at the moment, at some moment, because it goes by so fast and it's so fleeting. You have to take it in. And that's why when teams lose in the playoffs, that's why the Giants, the San Francisco Giants, they know as they leave that locker room after a 109-win season that the same team's not going to come back. And even if it does, the odds that it is the same feeling and the same opportunity isn't as great as it was in Game 5 when they had a shot to win one game and move on. The trade of Zach Ertz from Philadelphia to Arizona for a fifth rounder and a cornerback that many of you haven't, with all due respect to him, heard of, just crystallizes the win when you can and to soak in the experience when you have it because it's so fleeting. On February 4th, 2018, right? Today is October 15th, 2021. Correct, Chris Brockman? Am I right? October 15th, 2021. Midway through the 10th month of the 2021 calendar year, February 4th, 2018, the Philadelphia Eagles sent 22 men out as starting players in Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota, along with head coach Doug Peterson and Frank Reich, offensive coordinator. Of those 22 men that started that winning Super Bowl, for the Philadelphia Eagles, only six remain on the roster. And two of them are hurt. Brandon Brooks is hurt. Brandon Graham is hurt. The Eagles hope that Brooks can come back after tearing his peck earlier on this season. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, and Rodney McLeod. That's it. Doug Peterson is wherever he is today. Frank Reich, as we all know, is now the head coach in Indianapolis with Carson Wentz as his quarterback. And Zach Ertz, who caught the pass from third-string Chicago Bear quarterback Nick Foles right now with two minutes and 21 seconds to go, sending all of Philadelphia up greased telephone poles to start. <laughs> that guy who just caught the touchdown pass, he's now in Arizona. And Philadelphia is looking at a 2-4 and four record with Jalen Hurts after losing Thursday night football to Tom Brady and the Bucks. Soak it in while you can, folks. It's so fleeting. It's so fast. Honestly, what is it? It's three years and eight months later. Boom. Poof. Starting from scratch. And Hurts could be gone if Deshaun Watson's available, as we all know. So soak it in while you can. Moral of the story. Here endeth the lesson. What did you think of the way Jalen Hurts played last night? Jalen Hurts this year has been playing inconsistent football. And this team doesn't have a running game of which to speak unless it's Hurts running for his life or running out the gate. But they don't we did even, see Miles Sanders actually have some success right. in the second half last night. But they don't even really try to run the football well, with him. I don't know what's going on. The Philadelphia offense, to me, has been very inconsistent, as you would think with a new coach who's never done it before and a new system being brought in with a first-time quarterback who's never really gotten this level of consistent play and reps with the ones like he did all season long, with your best receiver being an undersized, highly talented Heisman Trophy winner in Devontae Smith, right? An identity that they're searching for, as you would imagine, for a team 
that went ahead and blew out their championship coaching staff and inserted a kid who's never done this before, which is having the team on his shoulders professionally as the one throughout an entire offseason and regular season, but he is supremely talented enough to seemingly flip a switch in the fourth quarter. If Jalen Hurts' fourth quarter numbers could be replicated in quarters one through three, they'd be knocking on the Cowboys' door for uh, first place. And then he'll eventually pull it out like he did in Carolina, right? Or like he did week one in Atlanta when he really looked polished and a problem, which is what I've termed quarterbacks in this league who can run it and throw it. So that's my assessment of Philadelphia. And then here's my assessment of Tampa. Look out. Look out. Honestly, everybody look out. Because what Tampa is doing now, last night, second half, didn't look so great. And I don't understand why they were going for it in the middle of the field when Philadelphia, you you should make them go the length of the field. And that kind of let Philadelphia back in. They scored a touchdown within like four snaps Uh and then went for it on a two-point conversion, which people are wondering, why are you going for it on a two-point conversion? Because the next touchdown would give you an opportunity to just kick the extra point and win it. Of course, the downside is that next touchdown, you're required to try again for the two-pointer, and you might have just already used your best two-point play right then and there in order to get that two-point conversion that you needed because you're running that risk. And I'm sure, again, uh, from what uh, I heard around my my table with my buddies last night, that two-point conversion uh, for certain folks who are currently shaking their head across the uh, Rich Eisen Show studio from me uh, (laughs) cost them uh, dearly. And uh, monetarily, correct, Chris? Rich Eisen. Okay, I'll move on. So um, I got beef with Sirianni. But here's 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 the issue for the rest of the NFL with what the Bucks are doing. The Bucks are better than when they won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's better. The offense is better, and everybody's now comfortable. Don't forget. Last year, when the Bucs won it, Brady was still getting used to the system, getting used to being in Tampa, getting used to setting up shop the way that he likes it. Everyone was getting used to figuring out what Tom likes and how Tom wants it and how Bruce Arians wants it and where Bruce had to give so Tom could get what he likes and what Tom had to give so Bruce and Byron Leftwich could get what he likes, and Todd Bowles' defense was beginning to gel. And when the team was seven and five last year, that's when you needed to knock the Bucks out. And then, as we know, nobody did. And now you're seeing Tampa when they're in a groove because they're used to it. And now. Last year's new parts, like Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown, who were trying to figure out their new situation and how they fit in there, they're now main stays. Leonard Fournette is back, people. This is what we envisioned from Leonard Fournette when he was 
chilling out in LSU because he had to. <laughs> right. <laughs> when Leonard Fournette presented himself nationally on the collegiate level, and we're like, okay, that kid is an NFL stud, and he was not eligible to come out in the draft. This is the Leonard Fournette that we were envisioning. And whatever was going on in Jacksonville, which I think we can assume was also part of what management's inability to relate to him and vice versa, but the Leonard Fournette that was barking at players after plays and getting flags and doing stuff, like not showing up for team photos and all that sort of business, that Leonard Fournette is seemingly poof, gone. Now he's the lead back who can be leaned on. Even when Brady's not finding Evans and Godwin and now Brown, who's back to. And you can have your problems with the reason why Antonio Brown's still out on the field. And you know I had my concerns about his mental health here to the point where somebody who I enjoyed interviewing and seemingly enjoyed being interviewed on this show unfollowed our account and me because of what I was saying about his problems off the field and how somebody needed to get him sat down and tell him, hey, you need to take, you need to work on your self. And whatever he was able to do to get through everything and just Google it, what the everything is, and be allowed to play in the NFL, he's now back. And he's now playing like the A.B. when the Pittsburgh business was booming. And Gronk's out. And he was just beginning to be a mainstay like the old days, despite him trying to get his sea legs back under him last year. It's all cooking. Won't be perfect. But it's all cooking. And the reason why I think that it's all cooking and all these players that used to have problems elsewhere are now doing it well here is twofold. One, Bruce Arians is just one of the greatest people, managers of people and coaches that you'll see. That's one. But then 1A... That might make Bruce Arians the 1A is TB12. Because I was telling this to Cooper today when he said, Dad. My son, Cooper. My son, Coop. He says to me today as he wakes up, he goes, Dad, did the Bucks or the Eagles win last night? Because, you know, he went to sleep before it was over. Yeah. And uh, uh, I just gave him this look. What do you think? (laughs) And a 10-year-old knows what that means. He goes, so Brady won. I'm like, yes, he did. And I basically told him that what Tom is doing is remarkable, not because of his age, but because of his level of play and professionalism. Others around him are better. He makes other people better. That's what I want for you out of my kids is when you do what you do so well, others around you have no choice but to want to follow in your example. They have no choice but to do their best to match your excellence. That's what leadership is. And that's why the Bucks are like, Tom, what do you need? What do you want? 
Of course Antonio Brown's business is booming. Of course Leonard Fournette is doing this. Of course they wanted to come back and do it. Why not? When TV12 is showing you the way at age 44, my compadre Kurt Warner tweeted out today, he played in 116 National Football League games in his career. 116 starts in the NFL for Kurt Warner. Pro Football Hall of Famer out of those 116 starts. Did you see this tweet from Kurt today? I did, I did not. 116 starts. He threw that tweet up there. And he pointed out last night was Tom Brady's 112th career game in which he merely threw 40 times in the game. <laughs> And Kurt played four more games, period, enough to make the haul. And Tom, at age 44, hit the big 4-0 in attempts in a game for the 112th time in his career. And he's 5-1, and one, moving on. Once again, looking across at a kid trying to make his bones against him and Jalen Hurts and saying, good game. Unbelievable. Bucks. To NFL, look out. Take a break. Bomani Jones, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. This man uh, on the show uh, has a new show coming on HBO. What a what a, what a a huge coup it is to get an HBO show in your career. And the right time with Bomani Jones podcast had a spectacular guest this week and Demora Smith, very timely as the uh, NFLPA chief executive joining him and now joining us on the Rich Eisen Show is Bomani Jones. How are you, Bomani? I'm good, man. How about you? Congrats on the HBO gig. Congrats on Thank that. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Uh, uh, and so you're still doing ESPN stuff too, huh? I am indeed. We're gonna figure out if uh, how many places one person could be in at one time. Well, I so love this. this. What we don't. I love that. By the way, you know, Bomani Jones. Uh, that's a very, <laughs> very difficult needle to thread right there. Staying with ESPN and then doing stuff for other people, let alone HBO. I mean, that's yeah. It. And I have to say, thank you, ESPN. I love it. I love it. Congratulations on that. Uh, I'll, I'll, I want to know a little bit more stuff, but uh, at the end of our conversation, if we if we can, uh, I want to jump right into uh, Demora Smith and your guest on your podcast. For those who might not have heard it, um, what are the headlines out of Demora Smith talking to you about uh, seeing his name in John Gruden's emails in the manner in which he was referred to? Bomani. Yeah, like I think a lot of his reaction is something that you could probably, you know, fairly easily surmise, right? Just kind of some outright, you know, I don't know if shock is even the right word, but just surprise that it was there and just the thought and idea that 
he had to then call his family and be like, hey, this thing is going to be coming out. And I think that he was in a place not dissimilar to me where it's just like, this isn't, this is so randomly ignorant that it is not actually personal, but it's a window, it appears, into the attitudes of people who are in charge and the fact that they're willing to kind of bounce these things around um, as they did. And what he said, and I thought was a very good point, is what will this trove of emails, that 650,000 emails deep, what would it give us an indication of when it comes to things like hiring practice of an NFL franchise or who else has just been emailing back and forth with these people? Like, there's a lot that's there, and whoever decided to let a little bit out has made this very difficult for the NFL, honestly, because now people want to see the rest. Well, I mean, now the chief uh, lawyer of the NFL is ensnared, um, and, and, you know, the New York Times had another story last night, the Washington Post as well. But these emails are, are from what apparently is another case that this is nothing to do with uh, the – the investigation of the Washington football team. Um, so the question is for Demora Smith is is what now? What what does what does he do? Like what what action does he take as the the top uh, leader of the players association? Well, the thing that becomes interesting about this is nothing of this actually has to do with the players and the players association. Um, this is an NFL matter, and there's lawsuits involving. Dan Snyder, everything that's come out thus far seems the central note on everything seems to be Bruce Allen, which I think is interesting. It isn't discussed um, nearly enough here. But I asked him, I was like, you say you want the emails released. Is that anything more than a request? And he really said that the only power they have on this is really just to request that they come out. If it happens, it will be because of an overwhelming level of public and media pressure. That's the thing that it'll take. And I'm honestly not sure that the NFL media is equipped to put that pressure on. Well, what about the concept, though, that this is people in power? And I'm sure there are, you know, this is not the only league for which this could be Jermaine Bomani Jones. But what about a Players Association chief saying, how, how does whatever attitudes that were bandied about in emails that we're reading um, actually affect players getting paid, players being employed, um, management teams at each team actually um, having diversity um, in, in practice as opposed to just uh, written uh, stenciled on the field of play? You know, like what, what about that concept from DeMars? Yeah, but I think it would then require somebody to file a lawsuit that then allows you to ask for the emails, right? Like the one thing about the investigation into the toxic work culture of the team the NFL did that investigation. The NFL has those. And I think the Snyder and Bruce Allen are entangled in some lawsuit, which may be where we're getting some of the right. other stuff right. um, that comes from. But it gives the players no real leverage to try to force anything. Where the NFL is going to get themselves in trouble is you probably should have put out a report about this toxic workplace situation when it came out rather than something oral you should put something on paper for people to come out with and i think they thought they put out a 10 million dollar fine schneider gave up day-to-day control of the team and then that would go away but uh oh here it is and it's right back bomani jones here on the rich eisen show before we hit uh, other subjects uh, i want to re- re- rewind to the phrase that you used or the how you coined it that demora smith um the way that he was referred to in the emails by John Gruden was, what did you say? This is so ignorant as to not be personal. What do you mean by that? Like, what does what that I mean? mean is that if I personally were to read somebody to call me dumb and make some reference to my lips being big, I know that ain't about me as a person. That's just about me being black. 
Like this isn't, you know, this isn't particularly germane to who I am as an individual. So, like, I recognize the disrespect that's present, but there's nothing to make me look at myself as any less or anything like that just because somebody said a thing like that. But at the same time, that's the kind of thing people fight over, whether your feelings are hurt or not. Sometimes it's just a matter of principle. Omani Jones here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so what do you um, make of what's going on with Kyrie and the Nets Bomani, what do you think of what's happening there? Your two cents. I think that the Nets, whether we're referring to members of the Nets that wear uniforms or people who work for the Nets that wear suits, I think they thought somewhat reasonably that, you know, all this stuff would go on and all this talk would happen and then Kyrie would come because, of course, he would, right? Basketball season's about to start. And then they looked up and realized wait a minute, no, he's not. And I think that they made the only reasonable decision, which was if you're only going to be here half the time, you can't be here any of the time. What I thought the Nets made a mistake in the beginning was even entertaining the possibility that he could only play half the games. Like it needed to be said very early, hey, man, either you get this or you're just not going to be able to be around here unless you're just expecting that Kyrie is going to show up on time to all the road games. I would not make that guess. And so for what it's worth, Kyrie seems to believe everything that he's saying, every single bit of it. And if he does legitimately believe it, I don't see this changing anytime soon. Yeah, I, I, I just don't understand what he's saying, though, right? I, I don't understand what his stance is. And, and it's not that I mean that I, I, I you know, the, there's so many different ways that people use the word understand these days. Like, I understand what his right is, right? But I, I don't comprehend what he's saying. What What is no. he saying? Like, what is his stance that that places one of the best teams in the NBA um, in jeopardy of, of having an, an easier time or a better path towards a championship. Like, what is his stance? I don't get it. Don't no, none of it makes sense. Not a single bit of it makes a single bit of sense. I don't understand it. The idea that he would be a voice for the voiceless while not actually using his voice and explaining <laughs> where he's coming from is a little bit hard for me to understand. I'll be the first to tell you. And I think that's the biggest thing about this. Uh, Kendrick Perkins made this point on ESPN, and he was right. He's like, there's just a distinct lack of clarity in everything from him, and the position that he wants to hold requires that you be clear, and he is not clear. I mean, I, I think you know, you and I um, have probably met um, a lot of same people, or, or know some people, or certainly have been around enough in in this business that you you run across a bunch of people who like to sound smart because they're concerned if they really are that much of an intellect because they're expected to be and it's sort of some sort of uh way that they trip themselves up uh, is Kyrie that guy you know what I mean like I I, I don't know because he's using you know phrases and 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 talking in a manner that does sound like it's learned but it doesn't seem that way to me no nah, it's you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know if I would say learned is cr- quite the right term. So what is like, it? What is it then? Where? I don't know. I think that I think he sounds confident in what he says, yes. and then you get to the end of it, and it just doesn't make any sense. It just simply doesn't add up. Like it sounds like he is informed is a tricky word to say because I do believe that he is operating off of information that I don't think is probably good information, but it's yes. information nonetheless. And so he feels like what he is saying is right, and he stands in it. And honestly, he really doesn't have to explain to me or anybody else why it is that he's doing this. But if you want to act like you're doing this based on something larger, you do have to be able to explain it. And he can't. 
it is just you know and 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 instead we're hearing an argument about it. it's his right to have uh, this stance and i'm like okay like i agree but i'd like to know what the stance is and it yes. i don't get it i don't that's why i'm trying to figure out like what 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 is his modus operandi you know we all we all would love to know this and he just won't give it to us because I don't think he knows it either. Bomani Jones here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's the story of the NFL that's hitting you right now uh, on the field? Man, Bomani. Lamar Jackson just went out there and threw for 400-something yards. He did. And they look like they're running a high school offense in the sense that you got a quarterback that's the best athlete on the field and everything is going to center around him. And it was one thing when he was the centerpiece of a running game and they had a fairly deep stable of running back. So they don't even have those guys now. And so for anybody who made the argument about Lamar Jackson wasn't a pocket passer, which really didn't have any credence in the previous three years, if you really watched or even went back to him at Louisville, it completely went out the window on Sunday night. Like, that was a precise performance that he put out, put on, largely standing there and finding people and not exactly the greatest core receivers ever. Now, I know the Colts had, were a bit depleted in the secondary, but – he is that guy right now, and I think it's going to be easy for people to kind of lose track of that because right now we have so many not just good young quarterbacks, but really good young quarterbacks, right? You got uh, Josh Allen, you got Justin Herbert, you got Lamar Jackson, you got Patrick Mahomes. Um, we got so many guys that are around that age range, and they're doing so much that don't forget that dude who won MVP just keeps on getting better. We don't mention the name Baker Mayfield in there. Why? Because uh, he's steady. He's steady. He's not bad. He's a good quarterback, but I don't think he has the potential to be excellent. Like, I think those other guys have the potential to be excellent. Well, I mean, with Lamar, it's he's he's unbelievable. And I, I, I don't I, I don't put any credence in the fact that, you know, and I, I do know that you use the caveat um, that the Colts defense was banged up. Because what's the alternative whenever we hear that? It's like, well, the Colts defense was banged up and he didn't do it. He's not that good. Well, he did it right. He 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 eviscerated them when they ne- they needed him to 95% of the offense he accounted for he is unreal you got to throw his name in the mvp race right now without question lamar jackson yeah i right think now. right now given what's going on around him he's probably at the top yeah certainly since the run game that did have 100 yards for you know as we know the first what the first 5 games of the year first 4 games of the year um that didn't get a fifth straight such game because in many ways, the, the run game is him. The running backs got all hurt. He's, he's singularly, um, he's, he's unreal. I, I would agree with you on that front. He's just truly remarkable. Um, so I don't have a question. I'm just sort of opining <laughs> on that. So la- last one for you, Bomani. Tell me about the HBO gig. I'm so excited to see what you're going to put together. What, what is the concept? What are you thinking of? What is being thought uh, yeah, by I'm- you right now? Yeah, I've been looking for like the best way to encapsulate it, but I think what I could say as we still get everything like figured out, though, is if you think of something in the vein of kind of a John Oliver Daily Show type mm-hmm. program, but about sports, that's where we're going to be. So we're going to have interviews and have stuff that's done out in the field, but a lot of it's just going to be based around my take on things and with a writer's room and everything else to make that as strong as possible. And so this is going to be a late night sports talk show um of sorts and we're gonna have to figure out how it is that we're gonna make it work but we got a strong set of people around us man like i think it's gonna be a really good thing so when do when when do you launch when does this hit when you expect that they have not told the world so i don't know if i get to tell you either, <laughs> but i can tell you 2022 okay I can tell you that much okay live studio audience too is that the idea no stu- 
I don't think we're going to do studio audience. That is probably the part where we're not going to go. But we, it's when 2022 comes around, I feel very confident that we're going to have something strong that people are going to enjoy. Well, I, you know, you you earned it. I'll tell you that. And um, I appreciate it, man. You no, know, for sure. I mean, this is this is what is a gold standard in our in our business to get that sort of platform and say that what you've done and what you think and what you say is uh, is worthy of it. And um, I congratulate you. Thank you, man. I couldn't tell you how much I appreciate that. I appreciate your calling into the show. Thanks again. Uh, the right time with Bomani Jones podcast, where all podcasts are required. Let's do this again soon, Bomani. We'll chat. All right, you guys be good. You got it. This is Bomani Jones. HBO, man. Love it. There you go. Great. Calling another man's intellect into question. I was going to say, are we, are we get all the Kyrie stuff out of out of our system. No, I, 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 I just again, I, I don't. I, I, it, I kind of, the minute it came out of my mouth, I'm like, you know, what, what, but we all meet people who are like, does this guy know what he's talking about? Cause he sounds really, you know, confident, conf- well, not, not confident, learned. Sounds like he's, he's got a, an intellect and I'm, I'm curious as to what he thinks because he's clearly curious and, 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 and what he says and how he says it piques my interest. And then when you actually try and put together, what is he saying? It's just like, what is he saying? I don't know what he is saying. And at some point, you just get tuned out. And the Nets are tuning him out. Because tuning into him is not to the betterment of their team. When we come back, I guess Kevin Durant spoke about this last night. I uh, missed last night, this. Yeah. I missed, so yeah. I have not heard what he's had to say. You'll play this very first blush, and the more your phone calls at eight four four two zero four rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You'll hear what uh, Kevin Durant had to say um, when he spoke for the first time since the Nets announced they were moving on from Kyrie Irving until he is available to play full time for the team. Um, it appears. In the great state of North Carolina, with the Panthers practicing, Christian McCaffrey is not on the field for the second straight day. Uh-oh. All right, fantasy players. No it appears Christian McCaffrey has missed a second consecutive practice. That should that should uh, that should uh, uh, wrap him up for the game against the Minnesota Vikings. Where, by the way, Dalvin Cook had a full participation at practice for the first time since hurting his ankle against the Arizona Cardinals in week two. He had his first full participation at practice yesterday. Keep an eye on all of that. Certainly the Carolina Panthers. I know I'm talking about fantasy, but Panthers were three and out and they're now three and two and they could use uh, Christian McCaffrey. So it looks like Chuba Hubbard's going to get the start again. Right. We'll see what happens in the next hour and obviously the rest of the day. Chris? Uh, Dolphins news, Rich. Uh, you know, Is Tua going to London? They're, they're playing in London. Uh, now, I don't have a Tua update, but Xavion Howard and Devontae Parker. Not going. Out. Not on the flight. Not on the flight. Oh, man. Oh, man. The question is, we all know, obviously, about the London game, is will Urban Meyer be on the flight home? <laughs> Of, <laughs> of his own making. On the flight home because he wants he's to, no longer on the team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Is Not he because be, he has a date. And well, we'll all find out. And, we'll all find out if by the end of the day, AFC Richmond has a new coach. Right. Urban's going to start coaching soccer. 
Like I said last week, Chris, it's like Silvio and Adrian are taking that long Long drive through the woods. Long-term parking. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know what was happening up until like uh, you think Urban knows right what's before TJ's big ass grab bag coming up in the next Woo! hour. Okay, so uh, what's in the box? Thank you very much. It's coming up. It's coming up. Thank you very much, Mister Feller. So We're waiting on that one. Kevin Durant, do you, do you want to set this soundbite up? Because I did not, uh, I did not hear. He, uh, he's met with the media yesterday, last night, or something. Sure. Like that? Yeah, this was last night. So uh, obviously, Nets players have been be, been asked about Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Irving. Right. You know, we saw James Harden clip was very short the other day. If he's talked to him, James Harden looks very annoyed by continuing to have to talk about this. Yes. Steve Nash said he didn't watch Kyrie's IG Live and is done talking about him. Kevin Durant asked last night if he's talked to Kyrie Irving. You know, why aren't you guys upset? Well, well you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah I guess uh-huh. that, yeah. Why aren't you upset? Because it's a... Uh... I mean, we still get to do what we love to do every day. We still get opportunity to play. Um, this is not the ideal situation coming into the season, but, you know, some of this is out of our control. So what we can do is come in and focus on our jobs every single day. And what being what is being mad going to do? We're not going to change his mind, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, we'll let him figure out what he needs to do and the team figure out, you know, what they need to do. And us as players, when we're in the locker room, we're on the floor, we're going to work with each other. So... You know, life is amazing, so I can't be too mad at somebody making a decision for themselves. You know, that's who am I to get upset at that, you know? So just focus on what we got in this locker room. And when Kai's ready, I'm sure he'll talk to Joe and Sean, and they'll figure that out, and they'll tell us. So until then, we're going to keep grinding. Keep grinding. I love Kevin Durant. (laughs) What a great answer. Does not seem concerned. So that 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 was a very thoughtful and human response, and um, and good for you, Kevin, because yeah. it's just like we're this is our locker room. It was a difficult choice, said Steve Nash, but it was one that they eventually had to do, which is like we're done. Could you imagine if they, they if they accepted, we'll just take you on the road, and play a certain style at home and then a certain style on the road. That affects how and Steve then it's does a, his job. Right, and, and if yeah. they go on a six-game road trip and they get him, but then they come home and they don't have him, then suddenly it's like, what are we doing? Why Why won't he take the shot? And What's right. going on? Like, you're living with it every day. Now it's just as simple as, like, we're done. We're moving on. We're a team. We're a locker room. We're, we're guys who are backing each other up, which is exactly what is confusing about Kyrie's stance other than the fact I don't get, I don't understand it. I don't comprehend it. He hasn't really mapped it out in a way outside of that Instagram live to try and, you know, uh, make it comprehensive. It's at any rate, I, I, he's like, we're a brotherhood. He'll join us, you know, when he can or wants to and let management deal with it. And we'll take care of business on the floor. Life is great. You know, the other way you could have answered it. What did he? What did he say after he dropped fifty on the clips? What Kevin Durant. Yeah, that's another one. You, know you know who I am. You know who I am. <laughs> you know who I am. You know who I am. Just you, that, that's another way to answer it. You know, Rich. What? I Why found- am I not upset about it? Because I'm Kevin Durant. And you know who I am. <laughs> you know. I think did, essentially did you not just see the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> that's another way to look at it. You know. You know, guys. What I found to be really interesting and cool about what Kevin just said there is, you know. A lot of people are caught up in how they feel about Kyrie, right? Here's Kevin Durant, whose future, whose career, whose time right now is affected by what Kyrie's doing. Which is why people are asking, why aren't you so angry? But he's just like, 
I'm, he's chilled. He's like, look, I'm still going to get to do what I get to do, what I love to do. We're still going to, we're still going to play ball. And yet, you know, if anyone should be up in arms, it maybe would be one of those guys. And if Kevin Durant's not upset, then why should T.J. Jefferson although, although be upset? I'll tell you, James Harden looks really upset. Well, I mean, I guess he just doesn't want to answer the questions anymore and wear it, and you know, and I'm, I'm and sure. And also, he's never won a title, so he's got a lot riding. Yeah, yeah. Guess what, though, uh, they, they still have a pretty damn good team because what's who is he? What's his name again? What's his name uh, again? Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. You, know you know who, who he is, I am. right? <laughs> and, you know who he is. So. Does the fact that, that Duran is saying this and that the Nets are like, you know, we're just going to move on. We're going to play as a team. We're going to have a brotherhood of men. We're going to play for each other. We're going to, you know, and and and, and we're going to be that team that that has this happen with some, you know, strange circumstance involving our player because of a strange stance or whatever. Does it make you want to root for the Nets? <laughs> You're the whoa, one who should be whoa, answering whoa, this whoa, question, whoa. former I mean, Nick fan. I know this is kind of like a higher register right here. Whoa, are we Rick, bringing the bridge back bro? real quick? Do, does it make you want to root for the Nets? Brockman, if we got <laughs> Nick, if we got Rich to root for the Nets a little, don't you think that would up his basketball enjoyment this season? Basketball is going to be awesome this year, Rich. No, I, I, Rich, just come over to the, tell me. Take a take a trip over the bridge, bro. I like bro. basketball. I know, but I'm just yeah, saying, but like, like, this season's going to be awesome. I know. So. And the Knicks will be good, too. So I know you don't want to do the Knicks. Well, because the, of Knicks is, the, Knicks are, the Knicks are a very likable team. The coach, but you, Julius yeah. Randle. Unfortunately. They, you know, <laughs> Kyrie's not the only dookie that's playing basketball <laughs> in New York. You know, Barrett is doing – I mean, yeah. there's a lot to root for there. It's just the owner – don't get me started. I'm in a no, good mood. It's Friday. Derrick Henry's going to join. Yes. I'm going to try and give him the nickname of the diminisher. I think this one's going to work too. And I think he's going to take it. You know, I I think I'm I think today's going to work out. Don't get me negative. All right, so, yeah. You know, normally I'm so. saying I like that the way Rich, that Durant but... responded. Do you want to root for the Nets? Because I know everybody's like they're just the super team and they don't and the deserve is, my I know fandom. This, this surprises TJ, uh, but I really like James Harden. I know, and so I want him to win a championship. James Harden so badly. James Harden is extremely likable. Okay, he's extremely likable. Kids just love the beard. Any, they love his game. And the scoring, right? I, I love know. It. It's just the way that he left Houston sure. that it just rubs you the wrong way. And I would love for him to get that championship. And I'd love for them to have a parade and all the Nick fans watch it happen. <laughs> because of the wormhole. That's the negativity. I'm trying to be glass half full. Yeah, here. Up, half full. Up, up. Let's, keep it up. And I am looking forward up. to the NBA season, even though I just went high register. I'm looking forward to the NBA season immensely. <laughs> I'm a football guy. Right. I used to follow baseball. Especially I'm not taking this away from me. It is the anniversary of your, it is the anniversary of your worst take ever. What do you mean? <laughs> I, I, I let it go. My, I let it go. My, I wouldn't break up the heat for Giannis? It was a year ago today. I don't want to talk about that. Let's be positive. What's the matter with you people? Derrick Henry and TJ's Big Ass Grab Bag, Hour 3 and more your calls.